Welcome to DC Collecticast, talking action figures and collectibles from the DC Universe. I am your host, Benjamin David. Uh, today we have Daniel Pickett with us, aka AFI, uh, actionfigureinsider.com, the real deal for toy news, going all the way back to the beginning of online action figure coverage, uh, the beginning of the internet, kids, if you can imagine that, the mid-90s, I know. You can find the show you're listening to now on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, uh, and many other pod places. We are part of the CBI Network, Comic Book, INTL. Um, check out all the shows on our network, including uh, those that you can find on our YouTube channel, same name, Comic Book, INTL. Check out our other mainstay of the network, uh, Batman Beyond Podcast. We have our NYCC interview series beyond that we have been posting uh interviews with kevin conroy the voice of batman i can't stop talking about it because i met batman guys uh it's applicable here dc collecticast so i met uh one of the main trinity and other people five other cast and crew from batman beyond lauren tom uh alan burnett and more insane so check out that stuff at batman beyond podcast on instagram above and batman beyond is the uh YouTube channel, we got the YouTube channel too, so a bunch of videos going there, so check that out, as well as, of course, the podcast, the audio. Uh, we are at DC Collecticast on Instagram and Twitter, and again, Comic Book INTL on YouTube and all the social media, Instagram, Twitter, all of it. Uh, again, NYCC coverage we also covered here on DC Collecticast. Uh, we met the executive creative director of DC Collectibles, Jim Fletcher. If you haven't Listen to that interview. Listen to it, man. It's our last episode. Um, yeah, check it out. I've been busy posting videos and a bunch of stuff uh, from the Above and Batman Beyond show that I just told you about. And again, video stuff uh, from Jim Fletcher's interview to Comic Book INTL on YouTube. But um, we're going to get the show going a little more consistently again. And that is why, because of all of that coverage. So check all that stuff out. And we got another NYCC coverage uh, I should say, NYCC interview coming with Jim Fletcher from um, Nadia. We got a bonus interview here on DC Collective Cast from New York Comic Con um, with the same dude, Jim Fletcher. Again, he's the executive creative of DC Collectibles. Such a fun dude to talk to. Um, really fun, really just eccentric. <laughs> Always dresses and weird, wears crazy stuff. So check that stuff out. Um, and Nadia's interview, at Gotham Geek Girl on Instagram. Shout out to Nadia. She uh, shot the interview and, or I should say, at Betty Media, uh, she shot it with Nadia's camera, but the three of us were this awesome little film crew, um, and shout out to Nadia, she did the audio uh, of what you're going to hear, or actually what you heard last time, uh, and then I recorded hers using the awesome new equipment that we have here at the network. So yeah, man, enjoy all of our new (laughs) high-tech, high-level press coverage. Check out my writing at uh, c506collectible506.com. Um, who got me the press passes to this event, got me to meet Jim Fletcher. And now that I have these press passes and all this journalistic stuff going with toys uh, and other things, this is why I'm really interested in talking to guys like Daniel Pickett, today's guest. Uh, Again, real deal of toy news. Um, Yeah, man. Shout out to Toy Shiz, at Toy Shiz on Instagram, at Action Figure Insider. And again, we are at DC Collecticast. Action Figure News Insider, AFI. Uh, man himself, Daniel Pickett. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. No, it really is an honor, especially now that um, I've had press passes and press access and been writing for a site uh, about toys probably 
50, 40 to 50% of what I write is about toys. So to be in the, uh, again, presence of a toy journalist like yourself, it's an honor. Thank you. Thanks a lot. I've been, uh, I've certainly been in it for the long haul. I think there's only a couple of guys that have been doing it as long as I have. Uh, so when we see each other at, at events and stuff like that, it's, it's kind of nice, uh, old home week seeing, seeing my old pals. God, I bet. Yeah. It's like the, uh, the big guys all, all sitting down. So, so yeah, tell us about AFI. Take us back a little bit. And then we'll, of course, you know, this is news. Uh, this is a new show that we have DC Collected Cast, but you're a newsman as well, and so am I. So, uh, but before we do that, like, fill people in. Anyone listening, I'm sure, is familiar with AFI, but take it back maybe a little bit, like how you got started and, and just, you know, started something as big and awesome as AFI. Sure, yeah. So I, uh, you know, I've been collecting toys as long as I've been alive, I think. You know, I'm, I'm old enough where, you know, I had like the original Mego figures, uh, Mattel Shogun Warriors, Micronauts, like I loved all that stuff as a kid. And then, of course, Star Wars came along and blew everything else out of the water. Uh, so it was around the time I moved to Los Angeles uh, there was only, there was a, like a, a small gap where I wasn't collecting in high school where I was sort of like, well, maybe I'm too old for this. Uh, it was about a year and a half. And then the, the 89 Batman came out yes. and I was like, Oh, Oh, I'm, I'm back in. Here we go. <laughs> Batman so, will do that. Were, yeah. There were new toys for that. And then Batman, the animated series, and then the playmate Star Trek, the next generation. It's just like, it's been a steady cascade of plastic, uh, ever since. Uh, so yeah, when I moved out to, to Los Angeles in the, the mid nineties, uh, I was a huge fan of the, of the Kenner slash Hasbro Batman, the animated series line. Mm -hmm. And this is in a time where, you know, it's, the, the internet was still kind of in its infancy, especially with, uh, sort of toy this collecting like and 94, and toy... 95. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so a, a lot of our news came from actual printed magazines, you know, mm. the, the, the Tomarts, the Lees. Uh, there was actually a, 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 a magazine called Toy Shop. It was like a big newspaper that would come out weekly at your mm. comic shop, uh, and that that was sort of the that was the analog eBay of our day. It was just full <laughs> of like toy ads and things. So yeah. uh, it, it was one of those things where you know these magazines would you know they had long lead times, and so the the news they were reporting like st there was just a lot of stuff coming out that we didn't know was coming out until you walk into a store and you're like hey look at this and uh you know I, for 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 the young kids in collecting you would never know a time that you didn't know things were coming like six months in advance at least right uh but it, it used to be you could walk into a store and like hey what's that i've never never seen never heard of that before uh, so, uh, you know, I love the Batman animated series line. So I was like, man, I wish someone would just focus on that and try and get some information about that. And, and then it, sort of my next thought was, well, well, why don't you do it? Why don't wait around for someone else to do it? Why don't you try doing that? And so, yes, uh, I love where this story is going. This is so perfect for DC Collecticast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so then it was sort of like, well, yeah, I guess, you know, I don't know how to do it but i you know, it's just sort of that thing where you start reading up and one foot in front of the other and see if you can get contacts uh i had sort of the good fortune uh when i moved out to la my first job was at disney feature animation 
So uh, I sort of had the in with a lot of these bigger companies that knew that I worked for a company that I had to protect like intellectual property. So if they told me something, if they told me something in confidence, I'm not going to, I'm not racing for a story. I'm not going to go blab that somewhere. You were good at keeping your mouth shut appropriately. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, And I've really sort of built my, my whole career on that. It's like, I love toys so much. I want to know about this stuff. (coughs) <coughs> i'm sorry excuse me i'm getting over okay. cold <coughs> God, no me too i was just uh yeah me too oh i'm very sorry about that i feel better <laughs> i thought i was going to be able to make it without doing that but uh that's all right, right. So. take your time <clears throat> so i i love toys so i just want to know things i don't i don't have to be the guy that breaks the news or has the scoop uh, those are those are always nice and those are fun and I love that. But you know, I, I would relationships in this sort of thing are more important than anything else. So uh, knowing that people can tell you things in confidence is is going to be your greatest asset with yeah, any any of this sort of stuff. Uh, because these people, uh, all the toy companies, work so far in advance. Uh, it's it's funny the the thing you sort yeah, of notice funny going, how much you guys know ahead of time, right? But it's it's funny doing this so long when you talk to someone uh, about something current, like, oh, is this happening? Uh, what is this? They have they have to think back 18 months uh, to what they were doing then as far as what is the stuff we're seeing now. Right. So, uh, you know, they're, they're really working on a, on a, you know, a pretty far out timeline to make sure they hit all these deadlines that they need to hit. So when I moved out to L.A., kind of the the big website that was doing any sort of toy stuff was raving toy maniac uh or rtm as we used to call it and uh it was started by a couple of guys jason geyer and uh what's the other guy he is not in it anymore i can't think of that guy's name uh and 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 then there was a there was a smaller site called action figure times uh and then there was, you know, there's some other guys. There was like Adrian at Action Dash Figure, uh, the figures.com.com guys were around. Um, so I found out, I don't even remember how I looked it up, but I found out that that Action Figure Times was based here in Los Angeles, in the Los Angeles area in Van Nuys. And it was actually based out of like a collectible shop. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so one day, and it was right next door to a Toys R Us, so I was like, I'm just going to go in and say hi and, and see Perfect. what those guys are up to. And so I met the guy, uh, Andrew, who was, he wrote under the name Randy of Ask Randy, uh, and we really hit it off, and he asked me, you know, if I'd like to start writing for them, and they were already an established site, and they were already getting press passes at some events, so that that's kind of how I started. Uh, I had a, a column on that site called The Amazing Justice League of Julius Marks. Yes. I wrote under the, I wrote under the screen name Julius Marks at first because again sort of in the infancy of the internet we were uh, like well Julius. well we well we don't want to use our real names because then people will find us but turns out nobody wants to find us Every, <laughs> everything's fine uh, so Julius Julius Marks was the real name of Groucho Marks who I was a big fan of oh, uh, cool. so yeah that's that's the the or my secret origin there. So I wrote for those guys for, for quite a while, uh, a couple of years doing stuff. And they, they were the first ones to take me to Toy Fair uh, yes. in New York, which was really great. 
Uh, and st that was still kind of back in the day where, you know, there there weren't a lot of the the, the website things and the the magazine guys were kind of standoffish to the web guys because they knew we were kind of cutting into what they do mm. and we could do it faster. Uh, but, you know, and it was also a time when when it was still uh, in the toy buildings. There were two buildings down by the the Flatiron building that were the it was the toy district in New York and had been for 100 years. Oh, They've so Toy Fair wasn't at the Javits at this time? The Javits, the Javits only had kind of the real peripheral stuff like Christmas decorations and and stuff like that. Everyone had an, uh, a show place in these two towers that were connected by a bridge, and so you would spend all day in these slow elevators going up and down these floors and back and forth between these two buildings to all your appointments. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, it was a real different time. Wow. Uh, and I've been, you know, I've been going to, I think my very first toy fair was 90, it was either 98 or 99. And I've been going ever since then. And because of that, I have been in three of New York's record snowfalls because they always <laughs> have it in, in February in New York. You are right. Uh, so uh, it's it's always sort of a challenge to know from year to year. It's like, oh, is this going to be like a miserable snowstorm or bitter wind, or is it going to be quite lovely? So uh, you just never know what you're going to get with with that. So I wrote for those guys for a couple of years, and then it just sort of felt like uh, th they were kind of starting to switch hands, and I and didn't the name know the of new their, the name of their the publication again. I know it was online. Was uh, was Action Figure Times. AF right. Times. Okay. Action Figure Times. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and so uh, I had a couple of uh, like my first lucky break for uh, when I was writing the the Amazing Justice League of Julius Marks at Comic Con one year. I went and there was a guy standing at literally two folding tables, and he had these toys on there, and they were they were really remarkable. They were like the sort of the next evolution of of Marvel figures. And it was, turns out it was Jesse Falcon of, of Toy Biz at the time. And he was showing off the new Spider-Man classics and then what oh, would wow. become Marvel Legends. <laughs> and he and he and I also hit it off. And so he gave me, like my first real scoop, he gave me uh, the complete wax turnarounds of the Iron Man figure for the first wave of Marvel Legends that I got to debut. And so that really sort of put me on the map uh as far as someone oh. like oh hey go read this thing so uh when i saw that that af times is kind of switching hands and switching editorial direction i was like yeah maybe it's time i didn't really know how it was going to happen but uh, yeah so i started talking to one of my other buddies who was jason geyer uh of raving toy maniac but he had since left that and it had been bought by uh resaurus which was another toy company at that time and uh he helped me sort of noodle on on kind of what i wanted and he was he was more adept at uh like web design and stuff so he and i founded af uh, action figure insider and in its in its beginning incarnation it really looked more like a like a supermarket tabloid like the the right side of the <laughs> the page kind of had this rough newsprint edge and okay you know Like a little silhouette, a little 
so it was really that sort of more uh, tabloidy, but you know, looked like a sort of a magazine almost. And it, you know, it's evolved a lot in, in you know we're coming up on 15 years of doing it now. Oh, fantastic! Uh, yeah, seen a seen a lot of guys come and go and stuff, but it's been a lot of fun. I've just really, really dug it. And now the guy uh, you teamed up with again, the guy you teamed Jason, up with again to start it, what was his name again? Jason Geyer. Jason Geyer. Okay. Yeah. So he he was one of the founders of RTM. He uh, for a while he uh, was actually designing all of the. Uh, Happy Meal, not Happy Meal, but Kids Meal toys at Wendy's, uh, which is kind of a, an interesting Whoa. gig for him. Yeah, it yeah. Is. So he he works for a big uh, ad agency in Dallas now. He he was living out here in, in California at the time. So yeah. I used to have these sort of get-togethers at my house that I would call Geek Night, where I would huh. just invite a bunch of toy industry people and and uh, good collectors that I knew could keep their yaps shut. And, you know, I'd make a ton of food and we'd get together and just, you know, have these kind of fun times. So actually I had, I, I talked to Jason a lot online, but I never met him. So the first time I ever met him face to face, he came to my house for one of those geek night events. So yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of my secret origin. That's how I got started doing this and I've been doing it ever since. Wow. And may I say you were a good storyteller as well. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, you can tell. Uh, you can tell you're a good writer. You, uh, it's some good, fascinating, and that. Oh man, the Marvel Legends thing. That is, you are a Marvel legend, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, for me, that was that was really exciting, and you know, and and it's been so nice because I've been uh, people have been very kind to me, and and and. Uh, use me as a consultant on a lot of things. So I've got to be part of the birth of different lines along the way. And that to me is just, you know, if you would have told my, yeah, wow. you know, oh my, my nine-year-old self that like the, the guys from DC collectibles would say, you know, have me come in and, and work on stuff. Like I would have said, you're crazy. I would never be able to do that. So that's, that's just been a real charge for me is just sort of keeping that kid collector alive uh, and just, you know, it, it, you, I mean, you, I'm sure you see it. There's a, there's a lot of people in the hobby that get kind of too close to it. It just makes them angry about stuff. Yeah. It's uh, like, what's the point of this if you're not enjoying it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I hope I never get there. Uh, and, and that was sort of one of my main reasons for starting AFI was, I always want to know the behind-the-scenes story. Like, I wanted to see how the sausage gets made. Because sometimes things happen, and, you know, I, I can't, it's possible for me to be frustrated or disappointed in things uh, that come out that, you know, don't meet the expectations. But I always know that there's some kind of story behind that. Like, there's some sort of decision. Something was taken out of someone's hands. Something happened at the factory. So I, that, that was always what I was more interested in, kind of the nuts and bolts of, Okay, well then, why did that happen? Uh, and and so that's always been kind of my pursuit in this is kind of helping to bridge that gap between collectors and the companies and being able to kind of explain these stories more. That's so cool. Yeah, you're so curious and uh, really, I, I love that behind the scenes approach. I've with entertainment, it's always been a thing that 
like with podcasting and even back with DVDs before Blu-ray and before all this now, of course, it's just the internet and YouTube, but like the access to behind the scenes that people have now, I, I always say like, I would, I would have been so envious as a kid of the kids now who get to just go online and look this stuff up. But like even DVDs, like we were so lucky to just get all of a sudden there's these extra features and you saw how the movie was made and little stories of like, Hey, this scene never would have happened if we didn't have such a low budget. And it's because we had no money that, you know, this legendary scene was created in this movie. So, you know, you doing that with toys and then with the people involved making it, um, and being able to have the integrity and consideration to keep your <laughs> your fan uh, toy collecting mouth shut is is an amazing balance of a of a career, and yeah, I could see why your success uh, was yeah it is the way it is, man. Yeah, and that actually led me to uh, I was able to parlay this into an actual job for a while. Like uh, for a couple of years, I was the marketing manager at Gentle Giant. Right before they sold oh, it to sure. Diamond, so yeah, okay. so I guess we got to be in there like helping make the decisions, picking stuff out, like making suggestions, oh, and yeah, and like writing the copy that that was on the packaging and and putting together like marketing plans and launching stuff. So that that was really that was great. I really loved doing that. Oh, I bet. Um, so yeah, let's bring it into DC. I mean, you already did. I love it part of your origin story is wanting to find more about the it's kind of two parts of it that i really like when you said one that it was the batman the animated series thing because me not just a bat fan but you know with my batman beyond podcast and then even with dc collectibles it's specifically the animated line that got me so into dc collectibles i'm an animation kid i love batman comics but as i always say like i'm an animated bat fan um, you know, I was born in 85, so like my Batman all, all the way is Kevin Conroy slash, and then when I was 16, 14, Beyond came out, and I started watching it when I was like 15, 16. So it's like, that's my Batman all the way. So I love that uh, your story is with that, but also what you said, because it's similar to why I started the Batman Beyond podcast, because I was like, what's something, like, I don't hear enough people talking about the animated series or Batman Beyond. There were podcasts that was like one person had a Batman the Animated podcast that was really good, uh, Justin Michael. Some people were talking about the DCAU, but no one was specifically um, doing Beyond. And then he kind of like stepped away after a certain amount of episodes. So I'm like, well, if nobody else is doing it, like you said, I love that attitude. Just do it yourself. If you want to hear a podcast about Batman Beyond or if you want to have toys that are covered that you like, uh, that's so cool. So I guess getting into DC news and, or just, yeah, what's up with, uh, DC, we had New York comic-con stuff. We covered that on this show, but what are your feelings on DC slash Batman toys these days? Well, yeah, I mean, we're, we're in this really interesting time right now, especially with, uh, the transition from Mattel having the, the DC master toy license, mm to Warner Brothers making the decision that no one has a master toy license and starts handing out different pieces to different companies. Uh, so we're going to see stuff from Spin Master. We'll see stuff from McFarlane coming out, uh, which, which is also bonkers that that's happening. Like, 
you know, you would think that would be a conflict of interest that, you know, McFarlane is essentially a huge piece of Image Comics, which is DC's, you know, second biggest competitor. And mm-hmm. the fact that his toy company is now making figures for that, it's, I mean, it's, it's what a crazy time we're living in right now. Yeah, well. Uh, you know, I don't know if you got the uh, the most recent NECA New York Comic Con exclusives that they did that were the the Batman and Alien and the Predator and Green Lantern. Yeah, Toyshiz and I talked about those. Those are gorgeous. Oh. Uh, I I think I think that with this uh, reorganizing of the license that NECA is not going to be able to do any more DC stuff. Their loophole sort of closed. Uh, I think the last thing they're doing, and this, this has kind of flown under the radar, I feel like, because NECA just bought Loot Crate. Like right. Saved, okay. it, saved it from, uh, saved it actually from, uh, from going bankrupt. And so, they they just started sort of reworking those boxes and doing some crowdfunding of these new sort of crates with figures. And so they've taken their 89 Batman oh. that they have released and repainted it and put it in a vintage Dark Knight collection box to be the gold tech shield Batman. What? And that's up. Yeah, that's up on Loot Crate like right now where they're trying to hit a certain amount to make this. So I think that will probably be their last Batman figure, but it's in this gorgeous vintage looking card. Like NECA, NECA is so, I love Randy to death, but he's so calculated and nefarious with his, his, his tenor love that he, he keeps showing because uh-huh. I have to open my wallet every single time. When he does that for Batman or for Alien or for Predator or for that Terminator stuff, it makes me crazy. It's like these updated <laughs> things and these gorgeous boxes and like new new technology, new new packaging and stuff. Oh, he's 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 got my number. I know he does. Uh, so yeah, that's something new in sort of the Batman world that I think has kind of flown under the radar that not a lot of people know about. That oh that my god, that. I did not know myself, and I'm bat obsessed. That gold <laughs> emblem too, that '89 is so oh, god. Yeah, he's got my yeah. money there. Yeah. So uh, yeah, there's there's that. Uh, I know Mattel kept a couple of pieces. Like they're still doing DC Superhero Girls. They still have uh, Hot Wheels. Uh, I think there's one. Oh, and Imagine X, they're still doing. Uh, like, Imagine X is is another. Like, that might be my favorite DC line of all time. Hmm. Uh, it, it is crazy to me what they have gotten away with as a, a preschool line. You know, <laughs> uh, they've they've released a, a a Killing Joke Joker. Uh, they you know, they put out the Kingdom Come Superman in their last blind bag wave. Uh, you know, they've gone so far depth of character like Dr. Whoa. Fate and, and Swamp Thing. Yeah, uh, they just released an image of Lobo on his bike that's going to be coming in January. Like, oh, yeah, you think they have a, you think they're looking at a Jim Gordon Batman. What the heck? Yeah. I mean, it's bonkers what these guys are doing. Uh, they. The, 
Fisher Price is located in upstate New York, so they're far away from kind of the headquarters of of Mattel. And <laughs> like, honest to God, like in their regular blind bag line, it's not like licensed. They they did a Walter White figure. What from Breaking Bad in his in his cook suit? <laughs> it's like he looks like you know he's got this the the mask on like the the helmet in his cook suit that looks like a radiation suit but when you take it off it's a bald guy with glasses and a goatee i mean they constantly oh my god they constantly sneak stuff into that line there's been a lot of master of the universe easter eggs they have been doing a ton of like fisher price adventure people easter eggs where they've been kind of recreating some of those old figures from the from the 70s and 80s. So imagine X, what they are doing, their their DC line, the breadth of it. And, you know, it's the line that you've always wanted because it's full of vehicles and they do a play set every year. It's like, it's, it is bonkers what those guys are doing. Uh, and, and again, I think they've kind of flown under the radar from a lot of the collecting community. But uh, I, I really love, love that line. Yeah, I'm blown uh, away. I'm looking through this right now. I've never seen... Oh, there's a Batman Beyond. There's a Batman yes. Beyond cycle. Oh, yeah. oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely there are. Yeah. Ah. Uh, so, yeah, wow. see. <laughs> it's always fun to share that toy knowledge, see? Yeah, it you, is. You spread Thank around you for and that. The, right, the right people find it. So, yeah, uh <laughs> and you know, it seemed like with DC collectibles that with the new announcement of kind of what was happening with the license that they were slowing down a little bit and pulling back on action figures and mm-hmm. focusing more on, you know, statues and, and busts and things. But uh, I'm happy to see that, you know, they're still continuing to, to reveal some new stuff. Like I, I really, really hope that their animated extension line, you know, of, of characters that weren't in the original animation. I really hope that does well for them because I'd love to see that continue. I love the idea of that. I'd love for them to still to do more like Justice League characters in that line. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's I, I, I'll buy anything they put out, you know, I'll buy the mayor's assistant in that line. Uh, I, I know not not everyone feels as strongly as I do, but uh, I, I really have loved what they have done with that line. And just the fact that we've gotten, you know, the characters that we missed out on, like Roxy Rocket. And, you know, there are always like some characters that we got one version of, but not the other in, in the old animated line. So uh, they've really put a lot of a love and 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 thought into that. And, and again, like. Most action figure lines, you don't get a lot of accessories. You know, you maybe get one thing or you get one kind of clunky thing that's meant for a kid. Uh, but with DC, they were really just filling those things with episode-specific accessories. Uh, I just loved it. I love their idea of, like, the expression packs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, the, the fact that they were making vehicles for six-inch figures is amazing you know it's almost i wish that line had been you know i don't know six or seven years earlier i feel like there would have been more of an appetite for them and they would have been a little cheaper so we would have because you know some things got canceled along the way like i think that joker mobile has been canceled and and some stuff like that it's just like yeah it it didn't sell well that one yeah 
So that that's a shame. And the you know the the Batman Ninja Turtle line is really good looking. Uh, yes. I think that surprised a lot of people. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean they're really really cranking out some good stuff. It's it's uh, it's hard to point to a a time period you know because there there was a time sort of between Mego and superpowers that if you were a Batman fan, you were kind of out of luck, you know? Yeah. And then there was, and then it slowed down again from superpowers until the 89 Batman. But now, you know, it's been kind of such a golden age of being a Batman collector. Uh, going back to Imagine X again, they, uh, they're just now releasing a couple of Batman 80th uh, items. There's a, there's a multi-pack and then there's some single carded ones that, uh, you know, we're getting like Batman as the, as a green lantern. We're getting Batman in his suit from like the, the mech suit from kingdom come. Uh, but you know, we're also getting like a year one Batman. Oh, in the so, rainbow yeah, I mean, suit. Look at this. Yeah. 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 What the heck? So they showed those at they showed those at Toy Fair, and those are just now starting to hit uh, hit stores. I haven't found them yet, but I'm I'm waiting for them. Yeah, it's a five so, pack. Yeah, look at yeah. that. Yeah. Wow. So we're really getting you know some crazy things. Like there there's almost no iteration of Batman that someone won't won't have touched and made product for. So that and that's unique in terms of toy licensure because like right because I mean Star Wars is only for example how many people have that license it's just Hasbro and who else well oh, I, I mean, mean that, a lot of that's, people that's not just Hasbro yeah. but I just mean it's not the breath like you're saying yeah yeah so yeah uh, you know then we're kind of getting into what what they refer to as licensing where it's you get really specific, uh, like, you know, like Funko really wanted an end to Star Wars. So when they were doing their their uh, their pop line, you know, Hasbro put certain criteria on them, like they could only be attached to the base. They couldn't be removed and they had to be a bobblehead so that that would remove them from being close to an action figure. Yes, you know? I remember so, those. Yeah, so so Hasbro always kind of puts real specific demands, like because again they are the master toy license. So I'll be curious to see if if Lucasfilm follows kind of what Warner Brothers did and says, well, maybe someone will give them action figures, but they don't have the master license, and we spread it around a little more. I'd just be curious to see how that, because I think it's at the end of next year is when that license is up for grabs again. Hmm. Um. So yeah, you it's it's same that same sort of thing. Like, well, you can make an action figure, like you know, like at at Gentle Giant, when we were doing the we made jumbo figures of the Batman uh, or of the Superpowers and Batman animated series. So we made scaled up. We scanned the 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 Kenner figures and made twelve inch versions of them, and that was. It was the same sort of thing. Like they had to be above a certain price point to not bump into Hasbro. Like that's the only way that Warner Brothers would allow us to do that piece of, of a license. Mm. So there's a lot of that industry stuff that I think general consumers don't always think of. They just think, oh, this, these are crazy expensive. That's way more than I should spend for that. It's like, well, 
The reason for that is they had to be that expensive to get made. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to. Interesting. Right. Yeah, it's like there's a story here. It's not just. <laughs> yeah, they just think people are trying to kind of soak them for a lot of money. But sometimes that's that's the licensing agreement. That's the only way you're going to get that particular product is that if that a certain price point or it has a certain, you know, material or, you know, the, they, they even slice it like, OK, well, you can have the eight inch scale. But you have the nine-inch scale, and and this you know, DC collectibles is going to stick with the seven-inch scale. So it's like they they sort of dole oh, these things out. Yeah, like yeah. That. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So much goes into it. Good lord. Yeah, and that's where you start seeing. You know, sometimes you know I feel like I think it was Comic Con two years ago. You showed up. And everyone had Ghostbusters. Like, whoa, what's going on with all the Ghostbusters? Like, there were import companies that had it. And, like, everyone had, like, a piece of it. And and to some degree, that happened when uh, when they finally, finally, after 50 years, got the rights for the, the 66 Batman. Like, everyone was able to get a piece of that. But it was because you had this scale. You had this scale. You could do it in this kind of material. You know, you do this. Uh, and it was just sort of like... It was a tidal wave of 66 Batman stuff at first. When was that about? Uh, when did we finally get that? I think that was, I don't know, three, four years ago? Probably four years ago now that they finally ironed out those rights. Because before, there was very, very little stuff. Uh, and a lot of it was overseas. Like, you know, they couldn't even release the DVDs of the show for 50 years. Right, because it was they owned only by Fox. Bootleg. It was split for the right for the TV show. Like one of them just owned the movie, but I feel like it was two companies that were competing for the TV show that they both had a piece of it. Yeah, the problem was that for years, at least the problem, the part of it that I know is that Fox owned the TV rights to that show for quite a while. But yeah, that would make sense with the movie thing. I didn't even think of that. And then the other problem, of course, is that Warner Brothers owns the character. However, it's TV rights to a show that Fox at that time owned. Yeah, it was yeah. weird. Yeah. So that took years. So that, and yeah, that... even the DVDs took a while. And then the Blu-ray after that took even... Well, I guess once that was ironed out, the Blu-ray was just a remaster, but... Yeah, but it was before the only way you could get like the complete run is to go to one of those little bootleg yeah. stalls in a in, at a comic convention and you know get some questionable quality of a of a recording off someone's TV. You know, it was to the point where Adam West just kind of gave up waiting for them to ever come out, and he made his own commentary for them that he put up and sold on his website oh wow so you could like play an mp3 of them while you watched along but it was him talking about each individual episode because he was like well no one else is going to do this because they don't exist so i might as well do it right oh man huh. yeah the right stuff is crazy yeah it really can be so, um, so I, I just I just, just talking get... quick, I just yeah, want to say with Bat, with Bat, with Batman Beyond because I I yes, remember please. vividly when that was 
when that was announced that, you know, again, it was kind of pre, not exactly pre-internet, but pre what we know of the internet today, where it's so savage and angry, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was very questionable. Like, even though it was the team that we knew and we love and respected, it was like, who is this? We're not going to watch this. Uh, and and then to see it and to see that it was created with the same love, care, and thought, and that it really did tie back into those series that we loved, uh, it was just, it was such a, a delight. I just wish that the figures had matched uh, the animation a little better. They, they were a very strange lot, and Kenner did a lot of really bonkers stuff with those figures. Like, it was... They really pulled out all the stops when it came to kooky variants for that line. Kooky variants. That's a good way to put yeah, it. Yeah, that like, meant Bialo like was out of control. Yeah, like, we got very few of the villains. Uh, like, you know, we never got ink, and we got we got a weird version of, of Blight, like, that was just, like, naked. He didn't have a suit on or something. <laughs> But then we got, I mean, literally there was, there was a Batman figure that came out that had one of those Chinese yo-yos on their back where you <laughs> fling it and it like spins out and comes back to him. Like what? that was an actual action figure that Kenner released. It was like a purple variant of, of Batman Beyond. It was really weird. Wow. Yeah. That's that's a rabbit hole you should look at sometime. Is the weird variants of of the Kenner Batman Beyond line. No, let's keep talking about them. It's weird, yeah. Like <laughs> I'm looking at the pictures, these jokers and these suits that just, yeah, nothing to do with the show. Yeah, and then they went into this whole weird like there was a cyber world line, so there was like this big translucent Joker head on legs. I mean, it was like, yeah, we were waiting for all these like characters from the from the actual show. And then we were getting like these weird translucent figures that had nothing to do with any episode or storyline or anything that actually appeared in the show. It was really strange. Do you know, I mean, being an insider at that time, do you know why that was happening? Like, why why were the toys so distant from the show? I think it was it was more uh, just it was easier to not sort of rely on Warner brothers to get those assets than it was just to create their own stuff. Cause kids were buying it, you know, it was like it, it had the name on it and it sort of looked like the characters. So they could just sort of flex their creative wings and make whatever that they wanted. And, and it was selling, you know, and, <laughs> yeah, and, and, as, and as goofy as they were to us as adult kids were buying them. So, if kids are buying them, they're going to keep making that. Oh, that's the name of it. The Batlink line. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it was, yeah, these weird, like, cyberized, hold up to the light. This is back when kids were impressed by translucent things that you could hold up to the light and it would create light. Yeah. And so, so much so, like, they even made, like, a Batmobile in that line that they just made up. It had nothing to do with anything on the show or anything else. Yeah, virtual Joker. It's just like the Joker's. It looks like a Joker skull, and you just hold it. It is so weird. Yeah, but he's got these purple sort of legs that come out of his ears that 
flip up and can be rockets and like his jaw would open. I mean, it was, I, you know, I can't judge cause I own the figure. So, uh, but it was, I still remember like, what, what is going on here? That's pretty great. Yeah. That's pretty great. How bad that is or weird. I don't know. I don't know if, yeah, again, I mean, if they were making money, if kids were buying it, if it's getting them to watch the show and there's just some weird distance, it's like, I guess the only person who's hurt by that is the adults who just want something for the show. Yeah. It's um, funny because there, there's a lot of that stuff that, you know, I was, I was probably in my, you know, I was, I was in my twenties around that time that some of that stuff was coming out and, and, and to some extent like the, you know, like the Toy Biz Marvel line that came out where it's like Wolverine on like a motorcycle that had claws and stuff like that. You just, you looked at it and just shook your head like, come on guys, what are you doing? And you know, now that I'm significantly older and have kids of my own, I look at that stuff and go, oh, I, I kind of want that now. I remember that. Like, you know, just like uh, it's come, it's come full circle from being ridiculous to, oh no, that is so much, that reminds me so much of that time period. Uh, and I remember just being so judgy of it then, but now it's, it's, you know, that's like, oh man, that is Kenner being Kenner, like, or Toy Biz being Toy Biz. I love it now. So <laughs> it's, it's strange, strange how that shift has happened over the past 20 years. Oh man, you know so much. It's awesome. <laughs> um, for good or so... for bad. It also means I've just collected a lot of, you know, what, people would think is trash but to me it's like well you know it's all it's all kind of got a story behind it and you know again we all speculated on stuff and we all made mistakes uh you know we were all in that fury in the 90s of like chromium comic book covers and you know uh, just all that sort of thing where it's like oh this is this is gonna put my kids through college and and now you know you'd be hard pressed to get three bucks for anything you know (laughs) But it's still treasures to us. Right. Oh, that's funny. Um, so did you want to, uh, just out of respect for time, did you want to start winding down a little bit? Uh, I can go for a little bit more. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I mean, like another 15 minutes or so? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. I guess if we're sure. going to do that, then uh, today's a good day to talk about a huge piece of pop pop culture news that is always tied into toys and that is the uh rise of skywalker final trailer yes all right guys that is it for today's episode with action figure insider uh that is daniel pickett from actionfigureinsider.com serious toy news source uh, as we talk about such a fun and smart dude uh and also check out some crossover content if you want to hear the rest uh, of our conversation we talk about star wars stuff the rise of skywalker trailer as well as um star wars toys if you're a star wars toy person uh that'll be in our update nerd style show here on the comic book intl network um again update nerd style you can find that show on itunes anchor uh spotify and a bunch of the pod places uh once again you can find the show you're listening to now on uh again itunes anchor Spotify, a bunch of pod places. Uh, we are part of the CBI Network, Comic Book INTL. Uh, check out all the shows on our network, including Above 
and Batman Beyond, all my cast, crew, and interviews. Um, that YouTube channel has three interviews at this point. Uh, check out my writing, collectible506.com. You'll find pieces, uh, including a written uh, piece, a written chunk of the interview that you heard today uh, is going to be on Collectible 506. Again, I am Benjamin David. You can find us uh, at DC Collecticast on Instagram and Twitter uh, and Comic Book INTL on all the social media. And again, don't forget about our YouTube channel where you can find uh, our NYCC interview with Jim Fletcher, Executive Creative Director of DC Collectibles. Uh, we interviewed him at New York Comic Con, and then Nadia's interview is going to be coming up on audio as well. The audio for us, uh, for our um, show, has been posted, or I should say my interview was posted last episode. If you haven't heard that, check that out. And then again, Nadia's is coming up here in the audio. Um, and check her stuff out at Gotham Geek Girl on Instagram and I believe Gotham Geek Girl on YouTube as well. All right, guys, keep collecting.